You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And today we're going to be talking about Malcolm and Marie, which is currently available on Netflix for you to view. It's directed by Sam Levinson. Uh, and so we're going to spend some time talking about it, right? Yeah. And we're actually going to be changing up a little bit of the format for this. We won't be doing a spoiler-filled and a spoiler-free uh, two separate episodes. We're going to be just combining those two into this episode. So for the first part, we're just going to be talking about uh, this movie from a spoiler-free perspective. We'll probably be diving into uh, all the aspects of the filmmaking, along with maybe a little bit of the theme and the message of the film, without spoiling any of the uh, the major moments that you wouldn't want revealed to you unless you watch this movie. Well, and then right, we'll do a big spoiler-filled where we'll. Yes, I did forget to say that. Yes. Yeah. We'll let you know when we're switching over to a spoiler filled version. Don't worry. There will be a big, big sound that that comes and lets you know. Uh, So with that said, let's dive in. You are by far the most excruciating, difficult, stubbornly obnoxious woman I've ever met in my entire life. I go from wanting to cut your head off in one moment to fucking wanting to kiss your beautiful, stupid little face the next. I fucking love you. John, I want to know, first and foremost, is the question I ask you every time. what did you think of the film? <laughs> <laughs> so the biggest, broadest possible question. The biggest question. question ever, yeah. I have to say, I I thought it was really, uh, my language is going to be very careful here. I yeah. thought it was extraordinarily well acted yeah. and extraordinarily well directed. Um, and so before, without giving away any of the things I want to talk about, even in spoiler free, I would say that's where I, I sit right now. I in, enjoyed watching the entire film. Yeah. Although the first, first 25 minutes I had some trepidation and then I okay. sort of figured out where we were going or what was happening uh and I was watching the directorial work especially sort of the, the camera work and editing mm-hmm. and I said I'm going to enjoy this and I did yeah yeah I, you know I going into the movie I wasn't really sure what to expect other than uh what I've seen it labeled as as a as kind of a rom mm. drama right. sort of thing uh and, and so I didn't know what to expect based off of the trailer. I, I knew there would be some arguments and things of that nature, but I didn't realize how well acted the film was going to be and the heavy lifting that uh, Washington and Zendaya do throughout the entire film. I mean, it's just the two of them, right? And they do some extraordinary work, and I don't think I've seen them do work this good. Um, well, John this David strong. Washington, I mean, our, our last encounter with him if i'm correct was in tenet. it was tenet yeah and this film lets me know how poorly he was directed as an actor in tenet. yeah <laughs> literally yeah. what tenant could have been if he was allowed to work like he's working here yeah would be quite a different this film. this type of film feels like it's in, in a way an actor's dream to just to show up and just go all in you know both zendaya and washington feel like they are just all in on their the entire performance from beginning to end there was no like it didn't feel like there was any non-committance to any single moment everything felt fully like i'm in this moment um and so i loved i just loved the i loved the performance i mean i was smiling during some of the arguments because of how i I don't even know how to explain that but it was the arguments were charming you know for me as a viewer because i'm watching this i'm like this is like really strange to watch i'm smiling at these two but uh, yeah, the acting was extraordinary. Um, I thought the direction as well. Uh, you mentioned the direction earlier um, in in the camera work and the editing. Um, 
and honestly, obviously the the writing and the dialogue as well. Um, you mentioned earlier to me before we started recording that this this movie you you felt had maybe some dialogue issues. I don't know if you want to get into that. So later. I want to say some scripting issues, scripting and we'll issues. talk about it in detail in the second half. So we can, we should wrap back around. But Great. I think that there are transitional moments, or I think the individual dialogue and scenes actually are quite strong. Mm -hmm. I think the arc of it has places where things become problematic. I see what you're saying. Okay, uh, and that's why it needs to be in spoiler. Build, but sure. I, I just want to make clear that people may encounter this and although in a way it's like eating a really really good dinner where sometimes it was served out of order or mm -hmm. you, you, the food was you know separate on your plate and you didn't get to eat things yes. in order that made it yes. all make sense as a meal yeah. but each part is really good I mean that, and that's sort of where I would approach makes the, total the sense film. yeah um, I thought but what I have to say I think the one of the things I think that's m most extraordinary about the filmmaking is that the camera work is all, and the pacing is all motivated. Yes. You know, we often complain about that lack of motivation. Yes. And the camera is doing things that are in relationship to the emotional context of the mm -hmm. actors or the scene. And that's really, that that's, that's good directing, whether you yeah. like all the pieces. Yes, yeah, everything was motivated and you know, it just it felt right while you were watching it. Just everything felt cohesive from that motivational standpoint too. Um I'm trying to pull up my reviewed on on Letterboxd here so I can kind of take a look at what I wrote about that. Um but the cinematography to me was was you know, the choice to to shoot it in black and white right. and to shoot it on film. And, right, because all that beautiful grain. Oh, my goodness. Um, it was... I, the grain was gorgeous. It was stunning. The camera work um, was... It was really it was really kind of unbelievable to watch that they that they shot this in a single location with two actors on film in black and white. And it felt like that needed to be the case based on the uh, concept of, this, the, right. uh, of the, the, story. the story. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but the camera work really invoked the right emotion for me through its use of of both movement and the lack of movement right right, right. you're watching scenes where <laughs> there is a lot of movement for the actor and the camera is is maybe moving around sometimes with that but it's also there's times where there's still a lot of movement from the actor but the camera's locked down and it completely changes the way you feel about that scene based on based on the argument or based on what's happening or the the uh the uh, the dialogue that's being shared between the two. Yeah, and like it or not, like if you whether you like it or that or not, you have to respect the craftsmanship of mm -hmm. the director in making those choices. Yeah, uh, and so I, I applaud the fact that I understood why the camera was moving or not moving, exactly, both yeah. from an emotional and from an artistic perspective. Yeah, and and I mean, really, the use for black and white. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of times people can think like, oh, it's a black and white, and it's shot on film must be pretentious or it must you know, must think it's you know has like this ego the director must have this kind of ego but the black and white it works so much better than color because it really focuses you in on just the characters and none of what is surrounding them right it, you're not focused on the color of zendaya's dress you're not focused on um the way the lighting looks in the background and how it's different colors you know one's tungsten one's daylight balance like you're just you're just focused on character and the black and white really allows us to just focus in on what is being said and and the emotion on the faces rather than uh than being distracted by all the other things around them right in this gorgeous home uh most likely so and the grain gave really good texture to their faces and bodies and costume mm -hmm. that 
that compensated for the lack of color. Mm-hmm. So you see Washington or Zendaya is in a close up, and you can see that grain on their on their face, and it doesn't look like bad resolution, right? Right. It doesn't look like yeah. poor compression, yeah. which we see all the time. It looks like crystal clear film, and there's something about that that's there. Beautiful. There are so many times where you could just pause the movie, and you'd get this incredible like screen grab this incredible photo that would like blow up on instagram somewhere on some film feed right well this is in every frame a painting kind of this is yeah right yeah every frame is just is just beautiful um Um, and it felt like it never felt like they were repeating shots to me either right you have an entire film that takes place in this house and it never felt to me like there was a duplicate shot uh, there's one i'm gonna say there's one that i want to talk about sure but we're not going to talk about it now. It may have been motivated. Is that where you're it, going? Well, no, it may it may just be something that will spoil the film. Oh, okay, gotcha. Well, now. great, great. We'll, we'll talk about it in <laughs> so, the second so half. I'm not going to do that. Um, um, the other thing I want to say that I think I can still say here is this reminded me, so Bo, Bo, you've been watching some French cinema or foreign mm-hmm, cinema, mm-hmm. and I'm in this you know international cinema run in my life, and this reminded me so much of like a 1960s, French film, oh yeah, or at least mm-hmm. a European art film. Yeah, I, I, at one point I was like indie, and then I was like, because when in the beginning when we see that bowl of uh, mac and cheese, which I don't think is a spoiler, it shows spoiler, up yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, that that opening thing, that shot, and the credit. I said, this looks like an indie film. Like this screams indie. And then about fifteen minutes, ten minutes later, I was like, no, this is like this is living in in the history of film yeah it, it, it is it is embodying yes. filmmaking over the years yeah it really I you know I had the same thought because it you you think about uh, a director like Levinson and then uh you know two people a pandemic made film two people and a single location it it screams indie right it screams like low budget indie film but you're totally right and I had a similar thought of this felt very French new wave to me right um with the black and white, with the the film grain, with and the focus um, on a relationship, focus on character and relationship, right. like you said, and um, you know, in a way, a this isn't a spoiler. I don't think like a lack of plot in in a sense for right in in a, in a lot right. of ways. There's a so, story here, but there's not a plot. Right, right. right. It's completely character driven. Um, and I yeah, I had the same thoughts even with the way they used jump cuts and editing. Like yeah, and there's things that they were there's doing. There's definitively shots or framing of shots or juxtaposition of images mm-hmm. and, and pacing for sure in places that feel like, yeah. you know, something that, I mean, things I've been so deeply involved in yeah. um, that, that it showed up. So there you go. Yeah. Was there anything negative you want to say about this movie that could be spoiler free? Yeah. I just think that if you would not, I'm not, I would not be surprised if people found some of the text mm-hmm. problematic from a triggering standpoint like mm-hmm. some of what happens or they talk about maybe people may feel offended in a way by some of the sure. conversation and the other the other thing i would say for sure is i feel like there are issues with uh, some of the transitional elements of the script not the acting not the directing the script Good. the actual writing mm-hmm. and you know you talked about how quickly he wrote this and that makes sense to me right yeah i i, I read it was like written in six days or yeah, something i mean this is the so, first film that could be a first draft COVID, you know? right yeah. right so it i mean we know it's at least done in this one single year which is ridiculous anyway it's crazy yeah but but that that's it the other thing i would say is sometimes the music felt a little bit on the nose for me and as a sure viewer, you just want to be yeah. prepared both the incidental music, the mm-hmm. supporting soundtrack music, and the diegetic music both felt a little bit, a, a, a little bit, 
Right. Right. And maybe it was because they were often they often took too much space in the in the text of the script. Sure. And so we, we heard a lot of the song mm -hmm. and sometimes when we're hammering home an idea yeah that that may have been a problem it may have been too on the nose for you is what you're saying right yeah. too on the nose at its length unlike okay. what we saw in the little things where it was too on the nose because it was telling, telling you what you to think feel. yeah this wasn't yeah. this was speaking to the plot yeah but in some cases it may have sat too long yeah and i know he was probably doing that for us to see reactions from the character who were listening i was gonna say i, th I think that the music uh it, it played into the drama of of getting you to feel a certain way but for me, it also was part of the story because it was revealing personality about the character right. who may have been playing. A lot of the music in the film is diegetic. Right. The majority of the... The majority of it is. Is really diegetic. And so I, I always... I looked at it from the uh, perspective of this felt like it was revealing character and building character rather than um, an under tone of trying to get us to feel a certain way right mm -hmm. which i i appreciate that more it, right exactly so that's but i can totally see about length right, of why not would manipulating be. yes right yeah, yeah i think that's a good point well i think um all yeah, of that is is a really good uh spoiler free version we're going to get into the spoiler filled in just a second but i i would definitely and if i don't know if you agree but i would definitely recommend you guys give this a watch it's like an hour and 45 minutes on netflix um i would recommend if it. you have netflix you should watch it yeah um Absolutely. There's no question in my mind at all that this is a film you should invest an evening in and watch it. Like it or hate it, it, it is rewarding as a piece of yeah. film. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, well, let's get into the spoiler film. Spoiler alert. All right, so as you heard just now, there are spoilers coming. So if you don't want this film to be ruined for you, uh, it may be time to pause and come back to this after you watch the film. Um, so let's let's dive into uh, I guess the I guess the problem that you had. I, I want to hear more about uh, the scripting. Uh, if, if I don't know if you can cover that a little bit more in detail um, and spoil some things for us here while you. So the problem of so this this is going to be. I, I hope this isn't irritating. What I'm going to do now. Um, so <laughs> so when we think about. One of the things that Netflix is doing, and it's really smart, mm -hmm. is that they're essentially staging plays on film. Right. They made this decision that in this COVID period and financially, they can work these plays. And this is not a play, right? This is a script, but it's a script that's written like a two-hander play. It could easily be turned into a play. This could go on stage next week. Like you just yeah. move to the on stage. Yeah. In every way. I, I can put a bath on stage. Like the right. whole works. Right. Um, but... The, you know, this idea of the two-hander makes things less expensive and really manageable because they're in single settings. You don't have to fuss about all extras, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, this film, and I was gonna, I'm going to just say, this oh, is go, like go for it. too yeah. many producers. So this film has too many producers. There are more producers than almost anything else. How many producers does it have? I, I got to open up my phone. Is it, is it just a crap ton of producers? Uh, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, what? eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. <laughs> So it's director and like 18 producers, and then we get writer, cinematographer, whatever. There are fewer other people than producers in this. And and what I want to say about that is it's how you do it cheaply, right? Like the way you make a film cheaply, not and, and, uh, no, safely in COVID, uh -huh. is to have almost no one on set. Yeah. So you have this very limited number of people to set, but there's this huge infrastructure behind it right. paying for it. Right. Um, but what that means is you have a little less conversation on set mm -hmm. about 
the bumps in the road. Mm -hmm. And you're moving quickly to get this done. So about the bumps in the road and the script. And the script gets done in six days because we're doing it all during COVID and we don't have the same kind of vetting process that goes through it. Right. And so when we hit the the ground running, there are places where the film... So I thought the opening sequence was great. And then there's this weird bump where we move into... Like they they rotate from love to hate very, very quickly. Uh Uh And I think that those those were all motivated and had integrity, but I think the script didn't support it as much uh-huh. as the acting did. Uh-huh. And oh, the, those the, the bridged, acting carries this right, whole thing. The, yeah. the bridges between those moments are rough. And, and, a, and a perfect example is when she goes and she looks in the closet and doesn't see doesn't see the drugs and comes out and she makes that that does that acting bit yeah that actually worked because yeah. it was yes. the place where the script had a l- real transition that manipulated me as an audience member yeah but other times that wasn't the case well no because they fo- he followed this pattern right levinson followed this pattern of they would be in an argument somebody would say something at the end of the argument and then leave the room right. leaving the other person to stay there for a second think about what that was and then they would form this rebuttal in their head, but we wouldn't see that form. Right. We would only see it manifest once they come out and attack the other person. Um, and sometimes it wasn't an attack. Sometimes it was just they would enter the, the, the space and then they would be there together and have a conversation about something completely different. And, and things would go. Yes, right? but then at the end of that conversation, something would be said that would trigger that other person and they would follow the other person into the other room that they just left to go into and they would have the argument in that space. And that's how he kept moving around the, right, the exactly. space. That was the only way he could get it to, to flow. Right. Um, but you're right. I think if there was more time, if there had been another draft or two, potentially, if you could maybe think through how to how to do that differently or do that maybe better than... Yeah, the, you, you know, know, there's there's yelling down the hall. So Washington's yelling down mm-hmm. at uh, Zendaya's character. And then and then we re-engage. Yeah. And Sometimes it was a good, clear choice, Mm -hmm. but it still felt like those transitions were bumpy for me textually because the internal dialogue in the scenes that transitioned between were so strong. Yeah, that's that uh, speech about filmmaking. Mm hmm that Washington gives mm-hmm. when Zendaya is laying down and there's laughter. Around well, and he's going in and, and out of the house. He's going off about the review. Yeah. The, I mean, that's the writing of that extraordinary. Yeah. Z- yeah. Zendaya's monologue when she's kneeling with the knife. Extraordinary. There are moments where the, the, the final monologue, her final monologue. Amazing. Bed, yeah. Amazingly written pieces. But I feel like those, in a way, you know, when I direct theater, sometimes we'll tell um, – uh, an actor who's doing a dialogue that they're really presenting a monologue mm-hmm. and that the other person's just interrupting a monologue so that they right. can keep a yeah. train of thought. And I feel in some ways this whole piece is like a piece of theater mm-hmm. that needs to never, ever leave the stage. And I feel like there were moments where we left the, the stage, stage. Yeah. Where, the, where the film left the stage in the script, not I on get, film, right, in the right. scripting. And then we were relying on Zendaya's then they get to do that work. There's a moment where she's stripped, and it's such a smart moment, but it just doesn't manifest for me mm-hmm. as well as it could, where she's stripping off her makeup. Mm-hmm. It's so important that she takes that makeup off and mm-hmm. we see it happen, but it felt like it was a transition as opposed to integrated into the rest of it. Yes. And yes. that's what that's what I would say. Right. But then once she's talking with the makeup off, once she's in that tub, or, you know, once she is even, you know, um, sitting out smoking while they're listening to a song those things were really lovely so i don't want to i don't want to bash it 
No, no, no. I just want yeah. to clarify that's my decision. I think I think you're right on there. Um, I think you're right on. And I know we mentioned a little bit about music and how it lingered for too long. And a lot of that, to me, felt maybe a little bit in those transitional yeah. moments. Um, or was creating a transition that yes, could have manifested yeah. more. Yeah, the music there. really felt like a transition for me rather than mm -hmm. sometimes rather than just existing for the right reason like it felt like he was trying to transition us from one space to the next or transition us from one mindset to the next even right. one time a song triggered zendaya to have an argument right exactly you know so like that to me is okay but there's times where it felt too much like a a, a tool to drive plot and uh it, that then it or, or transition the plot along right yeah, I, think, I think transition is the right word because yeah they, the two actors and the text within those scenes drives mm -hmm. the plot yeah right yeah um, yeah exactly yeah. um so right now i mean there's from what i've been hearing from a lot of people online critics hate this movie yeah um you like you might be a critic and you might see that this is actually a, a good film but you might feel personally attacked there's a lot of critics who feel personally attacked over this movie based on what washington says throughout the film which is hilarious to me yes yeah it <laughs> it, it it cracks me up because i mean you and i are I don't like to call ourselves critics, but we are. We're critiquing movies as right. we as we sit here. Mm -hmm. But I never felt personally attacked while watching this film. I don't know if you felt personally attacked. No, while not watching. at all. No, in I, fact, yeah, right. Not yeah, at all. Not at all. I never felt. I never felt that at all. But you know, I read an article today from uh, written by uh, Misha Fraser Carroll from Independent.co.uk, and I'll, I'll we'll link to this article in the description of this episode. But she writes. Uh, her review is, is based on what it got wrong. And I'm interested in hearing your thoughts because she believes that this film is essentially uh, Levinson just going on a rant for 100 minutes about critics in L.A. And she would have rather seen, and I quote, Levinson could have homed in on the aspects of Malcolm and Marie's relationship that many of us can relate to. The power imbalance brought about by their age gap, class difference, the complexities of mental health and dating, or the exhaustion of not knowing how to leave a toxic relationship. But instead, he spends much of the film oscillating between lamenting how hard it is to be a Hollywood film director and engaging in petty industry infighting that doesn't interest most viewers outside of the L.A. bubble, end quote. So I have my thoughts on this, but I'd like to hear yours uh, before you sharing all mine. Right. All right, well... I don't want to steal anything from you. No, it's fine. It's I, fine. I, I mean, I, I just feel like that's like the wildest misinterpretation of what I saw on the screen. I, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that we saw a history lesson in why popular film is problematic today mm -hmm. and why we need to embrace film as a historical context for, for art. Yeah. And, you know, there's this... The, the, now, certainly Washington's arrogance and elitism is also being shown right yeah, yeah but the idea that that the focus was on the reviewer mm -hmm. the reviewer is about one sequence of that film right the reviewer right. exists throughout it because we need the linking material but there's really one scene that's about that mm -hmm. the majority of this is about what it means to be in a toxic relationship I mean, <laughs> right, right, all the right, rest of that right the whole thing's about a relationship right yeah. and i thought that's i mean as a so as a filmmaker mm -hmm. as a theater director and as a person who does criticism and does film analysis in a, in a university, I, that rang as true to me as anything in the film. Like that rang very true to me. Yeah. The, I, I storm around like that. Oh yeah. I, I, there is, I mean, there is a moment when the moment when he's walking in and out of the house, um, the moment when he is trying to find his wallet and then he comes back and he's looking for his phone. I literally said to my wife, Steph, I said, 
that has been an internal monologue in my head so many times. Um, and not even necessarily just about the film stuff, but the way that Washington has was mm-hmm. speaking. Like, that's what goes on in my head. I may not verbalize it, but like sometimes that's what goes on in my head. Uh, so I totally get what you're saying. You know, I'm, I sit in a room with, uh, you know, a pile of uh, 18 to 22 year olds. Yeah. And I can mention nine films they never heard of. Uh-huh. And so when I teach, I spend time using example, even when I'm like teaching practical t- skills like editing or whatever, right. I use examples from classic films. Right, you're bringing up Battle of back. Algiers and you're yeah. bringing, bringing up all and, the well, other and films he, that he's, he's talking about. He talked Battle of Algiers, right? I practically jumped out of my I know, skin, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and I forced high school kids when I was teaching high school to watch Battle of Algiers and, yeah. and Citizen Kane. Like, right. you, because those things are the context by which we understand cinema. Yes. And yeah. I think that that's really righteous because we've, we've become in such a politically toxic uh-huh. world and our conversations are all about i mean for instance is this a black film right right it's white director right it's a film about two black characters but it's just a yeah. great film yeah right like it has, right. it's a it's a really really good it's film. a great film and it's a, it's a piece of art and just because the director's white and directing two black actors that's it, not it a political statement right it yeah right. And he's making right. he's that mirroring point. this whole thing, right? Yeah, but but, in, but in equally so, it is a film that deals with being black and being exactly oppressed. Yeah. Like all of that stuff is present, but mm-hmm. it doesn't become the core of it. And so he's saying we have to look at the history of cinema, mm-hmm. and I think that that's like the right choice. I think that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I love that. I think that reviewer is a bozo. I think it's com- I think it's completely off too, um, because the only thing that she's doing is wishing that he homed in on something else. And there's actually a line in the film where I, I believe Malcolm says, and I'm paraphrasing, you can't judge a movie by what it isn't and the creative choices it didn't make. You can only judge it by the creative choices that it did make. Right, and that's pretty close to what he said. Yeah, and and so she's she's just straight up wishing it was something else. And you know, I don't think we can wish that this movie was something else because it says that in the film. Um, and so as critics, like you and I can only judge this film for for what it is and i think uh this reviewer is just incorrect in her review in a sense and you you mentioned that she just misses the point completely and this film isn't about the critics you know this film is is solely about the relationship and their conflict that happens because of the of film right it, the conflict only happens because of film um whether that is not casting zendaya in that role not casting marie in that role in the film or uh, not thanking her or not, uh, you know, their relationship has this um, tension because of the amount of time he spends working. Right. Um, and he can only communicate through film. He can't verbalize anything outside of just creating it and putting it in a movie. And so their whole conflict happens because of film and filmmaking. And uh, yeah, like it, it, but it also happens because like Malcolm can't actually take criticism from anyone. You know, so he's this he's this filmmaker who can't take criticism from critics, but he also can't take it from Marie. Right. Because every time Marie gives him some kind of like feedback about how to be a better person in this relationship or how to be a better uh, filmmaker or whatever it is that she's doing, he immediately defends and attacks again. Right. Right. Like immediately. Well, it's not until it becomes about her pain that he's it, able right. to see something right at the right. end. It's not, it, you know, we, we don't get we we don't see him break down yeah. until she, it's it's about her truth right. not him mm-hmm. and that that idea of assaulting the other versus versus not yes yeah so this i mean this whole thing when she's saying like we i wish that this movie could be this this or this so that more people could connect with it i i actually think like anybody can connect with it and 
this whole movie to me felt like it's just about two people in a relationship who lack a lot of empathy for each other. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they just, they could not put themselves in the other person's shoes to, I, I mean, it's, it's really foreign to me to watch two people fight like this because Steph and I don't fight like this. And right. the way that my brain works is one, I don't want to hurt her. And, uh, Two, yelling solves literally nothing when it comes down to like fighting with your partner. And so you, it's better to just sit there and listen. And so what these guys do in the film, what Malcolm and Marie do is they they only hear and they never listen. Right. And that's what causes a lot of the the problems mm -hmm. as well. And I, I, you know, breaking all this down and thinking about all this, it's just like I can almost see what Levinson's telling them to do in the direction. Um, and it makes me love the movie even more. You yeah. know, the direction is so strong. So, well, you know, you talk th that review and your conversation right now make me just have to say this about the film overall. And that's that I think the film we're talking about in the film that they're fighting over mm -hmm. is also their lives. Right. Yeah. So they, they yes. constantly talk about that parallel. Right. And so the, the, the conflict over the film is the conflict of their relationship. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where we discover like questions of empathy and, and all the things we're talking about. He's talking about in that big film speech are also conversations about what relationships about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's about context. It's about history. And they do that, right? They talk about all the past relationships. Yeah. And she says, I don't want to hear about your cheap relationships. It right. doesn't make me love you. Well, that's what we know about film too. I don't need to have a conversation about how much I like I'm trying to think of like a reasonably crappy movie that I, I really <laughs> like. Um, you know, uh, like my joy over Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a good film, but it's not a great film. Sure, right? yeah. My yeah. joy over that movie may say my standards are lower for other films and I, and and so do what's my relationship with filmmaking right. i think that both of those things are happening and that the film that they're talking about in this movie is in fact their relationship yes. and we watch it play out and so your point mm -hmm. so well taken about empathy and and what we don't have in film maybe yeah um and that yeah. we we don't we don't listen we just hear mm. which is what that critic did when she encountered she became right. she became facebook defensive yeah to a yeah. confrontation yeah that's a good that's a good instead of embracing the story mm -hmm. in a way that allowed her to grow as a person not as the oh, i'm gonna so so i get what yeah yeah from yeah. my social from my marxist position right <laughs> we we all we we the, one of the the problems we have in our society is we all make ourselves a product right we, right. we make ourselves up you know the the thing that's being bought and sold she by identifying herself through what we call philosophy bad faith she made herself a critic and not an audience member or mm -hmm. a human encountering this film yeah and that's a problem yes yes and and i i totally agree and you know empathy is found in this film eventually um yeah. for me right and it's only when zendaya puts what she believes are what she wanted to hear verbalizes that and she's not just she's not just saying what uh she wanted to hear right but she's also saying what she believes he means um what, what he would have said if he actually could verbalize his feelings and that's why he can't add anything um he also can't add anything because he doesn't have any original ideas um right he just takes from the life of others and that's what his whole movie was about right mm -hmm. he's just picking parts from life and that's that's valid right like that's okay to do to take inspiration that's exactly right um but he it feels like he lacks any original ideas and he can't actually verbalize anything of what he's feeling unless he either can steal it from somebody else or he can put it into film 
Like those are the only ways he can verbalize it. And so at the end, when all he says, Marie, I love you and, and thank you. Like those are the only words. Right. Um, he, it, there's no, there's no point in him adding anything. Um, uh, I, so I, I, you know, we ended up accidentally watching this at the exact same time, right? Y yeah. So yeah. like, I was three minutes ahead of you. Yeah, for this entire three film. Minutes ahead. So yeah. I, I want to talk about the double shot real quick. Uh -huh. The shot that was definitively double. Okay. Oh, which yes. I loved both times and the last five minutes of the film. And, and I just want to Great. do that real quickly. And then we can jump back and talk about anything else, but I don't sure. want us to miss it in time. So the double shot is that bedroom and the window. Oh yes, right. where he's walking by he, he, alone, he, right in the so, beginning of the film. So we, well, we we see it right where he walks out to find her. Right, mm -hmm. he's going out to find right. her. Yeah. And he walks, and it was, and it was absolutely one of the most beautiful shots oh, yeah. in the film. Yeah, the bed, the th and then we see it later in the morning yes. with the bed ruffled. Right, right. the bed is, is decayed and, and broken apart. Right, and they're out together. Right. And he finds her. Mm -hmm. he, first he goes out to find her and, and he's alone. And then he goes out and finds her. And I thought thematically it was strong and visually it was beautiful. And it stuck out because there weren't a lot of scenes that were really yeah. duplicates in any way. Yeah. And here's we have this completely repeated framing of a shot. And, right. and very meaningful that they're together at the end and alone and broken earlier. And one's at night and one's at day. Like I just thought that was so well yeah. done. Yeah. Um, the last five minutes I want to talk about just go for it. So there's yes, this please. crazy thing that happens, right? Mm -hmm. She gets out of bed after that moment and the film runs out. Oh yes. Right. 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 We, right. we don't just go to black. We go to black and we see a film, film the end yeah. of the film. Yeah. And then we, we watch them brush their teeth. And I'm going to say that was about them washing their mouths out of all the uh. crap they'd done the night before. Mm -hmm. And they literally purge themselves so that he can say in the bed, thank you and I'm sorry, and it's meaningful. Mm -hmm. They they both they independently in with mirrors, which felt so French to me. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. It also felt I mean it felt a little uh, to be honest, it felt there was some German in there too. <laughs> like fast bent binder, like that sort of that I don't know. It, uh -huh. it was a lot of there was a lot of stuff from Europe that I saw yeah. in there. Well, a lot of the framing throughout uh, even the film is just like completely unconventional. Right. And know? there's a mirror and we don't know if they're coming out of the mirror, they're in the mirror, they're reflected and they're yeah. brushing their teeth. Yeah. And that idea of washing your mouth out and cleaning yourself out before. So the film ends, right? We end the film and boom, off it goes right. and, and, and it's, and it's destroyed. Um, and then once that has taken place, we get this moment where we see them clean themselves but not clean their bodies, they clean their mouths, the thing that they've been using to damage each other. Mm -hmm. And then they get that private moment. Yeah. And, and I just thought that was beautifully done. And a, again, really smart filmmaking because of the transition was really good. Yeah, no, totally love that. Um, this is this is a film that I, I can't properly review unless I watch it a second time. Because there is so much in the dialogue, there's so much being spoken to one another. There is so much now that I understand about their relationship because things were slowly revealed to us right like for me there were times where i was like okay maybe maybe i get what malcolm's saying like the film to me wanted you to choose a side and then eventually you got to the point to where like you know that you actually can't choose sides and both of these people are just like not in the wrong but not in the right either right. they're both in this neutral space of mm -hmm. I, you actually can't choose because they've both done such terrible things to one another and to themselves and to themselves yes and I want to now go back knowing that and rewatch, knowing what Zendaya's truth is and knowing the problems that Malcolm has in his own life and in his relationship with Marie, how the first couple of scenes will 
change now that I know that. And so I can't, and because there's just so many words being said all the time that I need to rewatch this and I need to look at it from each scene and break down in my head, okay, what did he just say? And how did this affect the characters going forward? Like this is this is a film you can watch a second, even a third time and pick up on new, new things, new meanings, new attacks on each other, new uh, ways of forgiving the other person, even just for a brief moment. So I, I don't know how much more I can say other than the film is shot beautifully. It's directed beautifully. I love the dialogue. I don't know how you even begin to start writing dialogue like this other than maybe giving them like something to go off of and you guys are just going to aim for it. There, no, there's no doubt in my mind that Washington improved a lot of what was said, but also stuck to the script pretty hard. You know, yeah, his tantrums I, feel organic. They feel very organic. Well, that's why I feel say it feels like theater because mm -hmm. organic's a great theater word, right? The right. whole thing feels very organic. And I think the, one of the other things I want to say, I guess, is their bodies are crucial components to this film. Uh -huh. Yeah. And both the color of their skin mm -hmm. uh, and how that reflects differently in black and white, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So they're they're not two colors of brown; they're black and white. Mm -hmm. And the the shapes of their bodies and how much of that is exposed. Yeah, you know, we hear conversations about the sexuality and not sexualizing something. Yeah, and we see these moments of sex, and almost every time they begin that process, it gets broken up. Yeah, but the sex is graphic enough, right? That, and it's not titillating. But it's graphic enough that there is a sense in that that you're that you're going to see or they're going to do something that is almost transgressive, mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't have, and this is why we don't want to do it in spoiler free. Right. It, it doesn't ever consummate. Like they just right. that never happens. Yeah. Um, and and I find that really really interesting because how prevalent their bodies are, whether it's shirt off or dress down or right. hose coming down right. or it's shirt with you know her nipples are completely you right, know right. pronounced in in a shot like each of those individual costume choices were so much about their the long string bean body mm -hmm. and this powerfully built male body yeah um that it was you know there was a moment where i said he doesn't look like a filmmaker's upper body like he doesn't yeah, right, look right. like a director's <laughs> upper body i mean and that's that's pretty stereotypical but right and, you know th those the, the bodies are so important in that space and that's what's in theater right theater's about bodies in space yeah and um you know there's an actor in an empty space with someone watching it and to me there was something about that that i found very fascinating and to re agree with you to rewatch it and to really wallow in those things would be exciting yeah yeah absolutely um so yeah, I mean, there's really not much more I can I can really add to this without a second watch through. Sure. Um, I I don't know if you you agree. If there's anything else you want to bring up, please go for it. Um, otherwise, like I we can I'm I'm okay closing here. Yeah, I could. I mean, I could I could analyze this film for oh, days, days, but yeah. that's not what I want to do because we're reviewing it. Right. Um, maybe later you watch it again. I watch it again. We'll talk about it again. Yeah. Uh, I can't stress enough the fact that if you haven't seen every film Washington mentions, right, right, you need to go watch every film he mentions. Yeah because there's integrity to those mm -hmm. and there's a list of a uh, thousand more films you probably right. should see and if you're just watching new films on netflix uh go hunt down some of the the old or the more obscure whatever material yeah and discover that this film is um this film is in love with the idea of what film is as a historical document yeah yeah there's um one more thing to add right you know 
there's this thing where Hollywood loves films about itself, right? It's La La right. Land. It's, um, yeah. you know, a few others. This isn't that. It isn't that. This is like the opposite of that. It this feels is, like it could be. It could be. Yeah. But it never does. Levinson doesn't go there. He goes that this is, this is a film that, lo that, that talks about the love of film and not the love of Hollywood and the industry, yeah. right? It's just about film. So if you love film, you, I would say that you, you may enjoy this movie and that you should watch. Um, and, and if you think, if you like good acting, you like, relationship films yeah you you care about issues about race and trauma yeah. and um you there know, is a lot art. there's a this is why this this can connect with every audience unlike what that reviewer was saying this can connect with so many different people yeah, because I, of the subject matter i know so many young people today who want to be entrepreneurs that's what they call themselves this yeah. film is about what it means to make that choice yeah it's not just about being a filmmaker. It's about the person who wants to do spoken word or the person who's making a brand on Instagram mm -hmm. or the person who wants to go into advertising or the person who wants to go into business for themselves. It yeah. speaks to that thing you need to do to yeah. be the artor, to be the mm -hmm. creative person and what you do to the people around you. You can substitute filmmaking for anything that you're passionate about and put it in in place of that, right? Uh, and you're right. It speaks to the need for us to remember the history of the... In, of the world we live in and how we do it. I yeah. think, it, I mean, I really think it's a great film. Yeah. Cool. Well, I highly suggest that you guys give it a watch. It's about an hour and 45 minutes. Definitely worth the time, uh, even just for the cinematography alone, it's worth watching. But because of the acting and all of, all of the direction and editing, we didn't even get to editing all that much. But uh, I really enjoyed it. So I highly recommend that you guys give it a watch. And honestly, if this hit theaters, I would go see this in a theater. I, I would go see this in a movie or in a, in a movie theater in a hot second, if, yeah. just to see the scale of that film stuff, or just to watch that. I, I would do it yeah. with, with any question. And Absolutely. I think we, if people want to know about editing, they can go read our letterbox reviews if they yeah, want. There you go. We yeah. can add some extra stuff there. Yeah. We can put some more material out about it. But yeah, it's great. Yeah, great. Well. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Racket Focus podcast. Uh, please, like John mentioned, go check us out on Letterboxd. Our links to that app are in the description of this episode. We are posting reviews there almost immediately. I know I am after I watch the film, so you can I get a little the sneak peek. Yeah, so uh, those reviews typically come before these episodes. So if you want to see what we're watching, connect with us over there and actually interact with us outside of the podcast. That is a great place to do it. Uh, you can also leave a message for us. We'd love to know what you thought about this movie um, and any of the other movies that we've reviewed. You can just head to um, the link in the description of this episode or anchor.fm slash Racking Focus podcast slash messages. And you can send us a message and be featured in a future episode of the podcast. Uh, do you want to talk about iTunes? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll talk about two things. Um, we're also, uh, both of us are on Stereo, the new social media app. We're also in Clubhouse, but Stereo is what we're sort of playing around with right now. And if you follow us there, I'm John C. Doyle third, and you're... I'm just Josiah Blizzard. You can get notifications if we go live on the air and you can come listen to us talk live and you can actually participate actively in the moment mm -hmm. and leave a message live and we'll listen and respond to it. So so keep an eye out for, for that and, and join Stereo. We're not sponsored by Stereo. And you can also go to Apple iTunes and you can find us or you can find us on any podcasting platform. But we really would appreciate if you could leave a review about uh, the work we're doing on Apple iTunes. It helps people notice us or find us in the review column. And we're scheduled out now. We're ready to go. We figured out a new mode of operation yep. with theaters closed here in Pennsylvania for the most part. Yeah. Um, or at least less accessible. So. <laughs> Um, you know, we, we have a way around it. We're going to go to work there. Yeah. And lastly, please share this with a friend who, uh, who might like this podcast. Other than that, we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for watching, listening.
See ya. What I'm saying is you spend your entire life catering to the feelings and the whims of literally everyone but me. Agents, producers, crew members, actors, fucking fictional characters get more respect and empathy from you than I do. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.